Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Some of you are like, what does African drumming have to do with mental health and wellness? Well, that's why you're on the couch with my guest and me tonight, because I want to teach you about the benefits of drumming, the benefits of African drumming. So uh, there are lots of reasons why drumming is good for you. And there is also some science to back it all up. I'll just give you a few before we get started with this interview. Research shows that the act of drumming accelerates physical healing, it boosts the immune system, and it reduces stress and anxiety. So other than increasing the immunity, we know that drumming boosts happiness. I mean, listen to this, listen. And tell me. Didn't that just make you feel happy? just feel happy it just gave me a natural high listening to it drumming can create the same feeling but with less sweat so just drum man drum and release those endorphins those feel-good chemicals you know I talked to you guys about endorphins and feel-good hormones they boost our levels of happiness our well-being and our euphoria the longer you drum the happier you go feel my guest on the couch tonight will explain to you how it helped her through postpartum depression. Drumming reduces stress. Drumming will help reduce your levels of cortisol. You know, from previous interviews, I've spoken about cortisol and I talk about how it's the stress hormone. Lowering these cortisol levels can create a sense of calm and reduce our flight or fight responses. Drumming helps you to disconnect. And you're disconnecting for obvious, literal, physical reasons. Drumming requires two hands, so you cannot pick up your device. You can't pick up your smartphone and get distracted. You just don't have time for it. You're too busy drumming. It stimulates creativity, and it also helps to control pain. We know when people are suffering from pain, they also develop anxiety and stress and oftentimes depression. So join me on the couch tonight with my guest, Let's clap it up. I have a very special guest tonight, and we're going to be discussing drumming and her own personal journey with drumming. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys. It's Sunday night, and as I told you on my intro, this is going to be a music mental health type episode because we're talking about I call it a layperson drumming, but I'm sure my special guest is going to educate us on what we're really talking about, man. 
So I have on the couch with me tonight, Ms. Sheila McCray, a.k.a. Say la vie. Hey. Greetings. How's everybody doing? Hi, welcome to the couch. <laughs> Thank you. It's very comfortable. <laughs> and listen, I ask everyone, are you ready to take the couch? Are you ready, say la vie? I am ready to take the couch. Yes. So Say La Vie, um, that's a song by Sade, isn't it? Say La Vie, Say La Vie. Uh, I don't know if it's Sade, but it's definitely a, a pop song. I can't even tell you who does it, but I love the so song. So what's, what's the meaning of Say La Vie? Say La, it's funny how it started. I went to um, a poetry uh, gathering one one time and there was someone at the poetry spot. I got up to do a poem and was, uh, and the guy said, you know, you need an artist's name. You don't have an artist's name. And so somewhere along the way, there was this phrase in the Bible actually that says Selah, S-E-L-A-H. And it's mm -hmm. like, and so it shall be like, amen. So. I kind of took that, but along the way, the name kind of has the same connotation, even in other languages, like say la vie in French, that's life, you know? Say uh, la vie, it seemed like a really universal vibe. So I've just changed the spelling of it, S-E-L-A-V-E-E, -E -E, and that's it, say la vie. I like it, I like it, I like it. So tonight I'm talking to you about um, djembe and some of the other African uh, drums that are used mostly or ordinarily, I would say, in drumming. Is there another term for drumming other than what I'm saying, drumming? No, you're right when you say drumming. Uh, the difference is just the drums themselves. That's the thing that really changes from uh, culture to culture is is the, the the shape and the of the drums uh but drumming is it it's universal it's drumming okay so guys the reason why we're talking about this tonight is because we're going into mental health awareness month which is in may and then uh may is followed by june of course and june is black music month in addition to being men's health awareness month and then following june is i you know in july it's minority mental health awareness month so all these things kind of, they coincide. Djembe, this type of drum, comes from the West Coast of Africa. And so we know more about it now in the United States because since people have traveled and they're bringing their different traditions to America, including our African brothers and sisters, and also our sisters and brothers here in America who are not afraid to learn the traditions of our ancestors as Selah has done during these last several years. He is not a beginner to drumming or um, to African culture at all. Selah began her African uh, traditional activities, I will say in the mid 1980s, it looks like. Am I correct about that? Yes, um, I was living in New York and uh, I went to my first African dance class actually at Alvin Ailey. Uh, but uh, I, I, I didn't last long because it was at a level that I just couldn't hang with. So fast forward to after my daughter was born in 1993, I was living in Alabama 
and I went to the library. I saw a flyer. And at the time I was struggling with uh, some postpartum depression and uh, not liking how my body looked after having my baby, <laughs> you know, just going through some stuff. And I just went to this class and I couldn't touch my toes. And the wow. teacher, her name was Sister Ife, Sister Ife Balaams, I'll never forget her, of the Birmingham African Dance Coalition. She saw me crying because I couldn't touch my toes. And she said, mm. don't worry. She said, you know what? You look a little bit like Money Love, the rapper. <laughs> and she said, listen, she, and she gave me some advice and I laughed just like you did. I laughed, I stopped crying. And she said, I just want to tell you one thing, just keep showing up. And that was in 1994. I've shown up since then. And I have to thank her because it, it took me on a lifelong uh, journey, discovered something I would love and pursue to this day. So, yeah. Man, guys, we have a life long learner here. Um, Sheila McCray, AKA Selah. Um, her specialty in dance is West, West African and Afro house mute movement, pardon me. And like uh, you mentioned, Selah, in 1994, it looks like you studied Afro-Caribbean and West African dance with, you just mentioned Ife, and that was yeah. at the Birmingham African Dance Coalition. Man, I was in a senior in high school in 1994. <laughs> you get ready to do that prom thing and all this good stuff, senior year. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and I say that just to praise you, because I think now in society a lot of us are woke you know and it took so many different things happening in the black community for us to achieve this position of being woke and when i think about uh, the term woke and to wake up i think about spike lee in school days remember at the end yes, yeah, um, the lawrence end fishburne yes lawrence fishburne yelled wake up wake Powerful. up because Yes. Yeah. And I wonder if people remember that the school days came out. I want to say it was in either the late eighties or early nineties. I want to say I was in junior high school. So it was probably before 1989 when school days hit. Yeah. It's before my, my Kosi was born in 80, 89. It was before then. <laughs> yeah. So certain people out here in our society, in uh, the African-American community or the African community or the Black co uh, community, however you want to refer to yourselves. Um, certain people have been woke for a long time and Spike Lee is one of those people. So big ups to Spike um, and the fact that he has been bringing to us for years the tradition of Black Americans and um, has been teaching us lessons through several different movies, School Days being one of them. Um, and School Days was one of these movies, if you've never seen it, please watch it, because it it, it goes through this whole cycle of dark skin, light skin. Mm, colorism, yes. Yeah, yeah. And another movie comes to mind for me, too, and that's your learn. That was also a movie about, as you said, uh, Selah, colorism. So, um, guys, before we get Back to the drumming, I just want you to know that she is the expert tonight. She studied West African dance and rhythms. Um, as we were mentioning, she founded Sasa African Dance Theater, 
looks like that was in the late 90s. Um, she took additional classes in West African dance at the Academy of Dance in Hollywood. Um, she's attended master classes in West African and Afro-Caribbean dance at the annual uh, Florida African Dance Festival in Tallahassee. I did my research on this lady, founded <laughs> the nonprofit organization, the Society of Afrocentric Scholars and Artists Incorporated. So while most of us had our but Sela was doing her thing and in, in engaging the African uh, Caribbean traditions while we were just all kind of just learning ourselves and smelling ourselves still. Some of us now are woke and we've been to Africa. We've been doing some things and learning our, um, some of us learned some history before, but we just, it's cerebral, cerebrally. We didn't put it into action as you've been putting it in action. It's interesting that you say that because um, the, my group, Sasa, actually stood for the Society of Afrocentric Scholars and Artists. And the key thing being scholars and artists, because what happened here, even in uh, Miami, was we had a group of people who were purely academics and scholars. And then we had people who were drumming and dancing, but really didn't have any history behind what they were doing. And mm -hmm. there, there became a desire to bring that both sides had something to bring to the table and that if we could merge those who have been studying at, at the academics, the history, and those who are actually been doing, doing things which they may have just picked up because in their family, we always drummed or whatever, and to bring them together so that we would have more substance behind what we did and we wouldn't just be gigging because early on, I met Amani Payne, who used to be the director of Muntu uh, Dance and Drum Theater of Chicago. She retired a couple of years ago. She was their director and she came to Florida to teach some workshops. And she challenged us one day after a workshop. She said, do you want to be known for just doing gigs or do you want to build something? And mm -hmm. uh, at, from that time, we you know, start thinking a little deeper than just simply this is a performance. So you are talented. Um... You're a dancer, not only are you, you're not just a dancer, uh, because if anyone's anything regarding choreography, regarding dancing and moving your body, African dance can be challenging and it's a lot of work. <laughs> yes. yes, that makes it difficult sometimes to attract people to class because I think, of course, we love the way it looks, but when you come to actual class, it can be challenging and uh there is an initial uh, discomfort, but we know that. So even when we, we structure the classes themselves so that uh, you can feel comfortable with someone in line that you can watch, they'll stand in front of you and you can kind of mark their movements. So we understand that everyone has different levels of physical ability. And if you go to Africa and see people dance in the village, you'll see a 90-year-old dancing next to a six-year-old. And mm -hmm. so we, we, try, we try to tell people, this is not like ballet, or this, this really still always comes back to community. And, and your mom and your grandmom and your sister and your auntie can all dance together. Yeah, yeah. So um, djembe, uh, which is played with your bare hands, I, I, I have a djembe. 
You guys have seen my djembe. It has brain love on it. It actually came from Ghana. <laughs> have wow. you seen it? Have you seen it, Sela? No, I haven't. No. Yeah. I think it's cool that I, you have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was sort of playing with it. I won't say I was playing it. I was playing with it and Kosi, your son, um, um, I would refer to him as my friend. We've known each other so long now. My friend and videographer was over the house. We were working on a project and I was tapping on this, this drum. And Kosi said to me, oh, I'll, I'll show you some stuff. Uh, and when I tell you, you got to be coordinated. You know, I'm, I have rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I have rhythm and I can beat. But drumming is different. Mm. It's a little different. So he showed me a couple of things. And then he started to talk to me about you. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I want to talk to your mom. So yes, the name yeah. of the gym, what's that? No, yeah, go on. Sorry. So the name of the djembe, it comes from a saying, and I, I don't want to say it, and it's official. Um, I guess this is in Af West African language, but it translates to everyone gather together in peace. Everyone gather together in peace. That's the translation. So in Bambara language, pardon me if I mispronounced that. Go, go. No, you did it. Go. Beautiful. Yes. Hey, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's translated to gather, to gather. And so you guys heard me speak so much about community and being together and just loving each other, embracing each other and creating a circle and knowing where people belong in that circle, whether it's in the inner circle, the middle, the outer. Mm -hmm. But when we are together in peace, it is so so supportive of our mental health and wellness. It helps to foster yes. just uh, good emotions, positive vibrations, positive energy, and fosters yes. love. And it helps people to feel better and to feel like they belong. Yes. And you know, uh, Kosi was telling me that growing up, you taught drumming in the neighborhood to the young boys and girls. <laughs> we, um... I'll never forget going to win. It, it happened kind of like accidentally. I mean, I had my group already. I was working with adults, but I reached a point with the, with the particular group of adults I was working with that they had started to get very uh, connected to. Once when we started off, there really wasn't anything financial in it. But as some people began to find financial opportunities in it, they were more kind of focused on that. And for me, I, I've always did another kind of work and drum, drum and dance was what I did when I came home. It was my, you know, you have, you have, if you have a vocation, I have vocation. Um, and I never let, try to let money get in the way. But when I saw that many people's focus was a little different, I turned my attention to the children because they still had the spirit of discovery mm -hmm. and they weren't doing it for, 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 for money. They did it because it was fun. And I still thought it was fun. And I, I just never want to lose like, you know, my little, my, 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 my child, my child that loves to do this. So the children helped me reawaken that when I started uh, 
say, hey, let, let me uh, let me work with, with my children, not my son, my daughter. And I went to the supermarket one day and I saw a neighbor who had moved away from the neighborhood. I was living in uh, near St- in North Miami at the time. And she had, she had two sons. She had moved and I saw her in the supermarket. She said, can you please come and, and get my sons and take them with you when you go do the drum drumming, please, because there's nothing good going over, going on where we moved to. And they were over in a kind of a rough section of, of Opalaka, I think. And uh, I said, yeah. So everyone thought I had, you know, four sons <laughs> and a couple of three daughters. They were like, that poor woman, she has all those children. No, those were <laughs> my children and their friends. I, I've never auditioned. I've never held auditions. I've always just, people will come in, they're, they're looking and I go, come on in. And in the day they go, I don't want to do this anymore. I go, thank you for being here. I'll see you later on. You want to come back, door is open. It's always been that way. And that's what we did. I found a space temporarily down in uh, Miami in Liberty City on 62nd and Northwest 7th Avenue. I had a friend who had uh, a little studio and I took over the studio from them and which was crazy of me because I was already paying a mortgage and I decided to do the rent there. <laughs> and so we had space for a while for about a year and we would go there and Thursdays in the evening, we would do homework first and then we would learn something. And on the weekends, we started. Oh, you went out for a second, Selah. You said on the weekends you would what? So while I wait for her to adjust her mic, um, she we were just talking about Jimbe and um, just a little bit of the, of the history um, regarding this drum. Um, so it's ordinarily played by men. Ordinarily played by men. So you don't see women in Africa playing this drum typically. This is something that's usually... Um, a man will play the drum. Um, and so we know here in America, a lot of women will learn drumming, but usually this is something that is that is done by by men. And so Jembe first came to the attention of audiences outside of West Africa because of folks bringing it to America, you know, like everything else, like okra, um, things like that that were indigenous to Africa. Same thing holds true with um, with the drumming. And of course, you can make a variety of sounds with the djembe. It's very uh, versatile. And um, there's a djembe and also the dunon. The dunon, um, it's a generic name for a family of West African drums. Um, and it was developed alongside the djembe, of course. So there's a little bit of a difference. But um, tonight's view is not necessarily about that is more so about um, about the mental health effects that drumming and music can have and have us. So djembe is played only by men and um, the dunan, the other type of drum or family of drum always accompanies the djembe. So um, these are typically percussion instruments that are commonly played as an ensemble and um, there are certain other instruments that are usually played by women. 
So, but what we're hearing from uh, Sela, she plays the day and she also plays some um, another instrument. I'll let her tell you that. But so she does some, um, she does some atypical things, man, and exercising her freedom and just going with the flow and doing what feels good to her. So today, even today, it's rare to see women playing the djembe or the dunan in West Africa. In West Africa, um, when we went to Ghana, the um, a lot of the African women seemed uh, surprised when they saw some of the girls in my group could actually play these drums. So that was that was pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Um, so. When uh, Sela is back on the mic, I'll ask her about that other instrument that she plays. Um, as she mentioned, she plays the djembe, and then there is another drum also um, that she plays. Are you back yet, Sela? So you guys heard me playing some music in the very beginning when I did my introduction. Music itself, in general, is very therapeutic, it's soothing, it helps us to relax. And of course, we all know by now that the different genres of music um, can have different effects for us, can have a lot of different effects. And there's different, um, different tempos of drumming um, that also can have an effect on us. So obviously, um, you know, if you're listening to fast, hard drumming, that's going to make you hype and help you get motivated. Then there's kind of the more slower, laid back type of drumming also. Um, so just know that music itself is therapeutic. And then the process of playing music, whether you're singing or an instrument, that too is also therapeutic. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back to, um, to Sela. Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. And I just wanted to tell you about the ways to follow me. So if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what platform you're on, but I'm on all of the podcast platforms, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and you can also follow me on my social media for those of you who found me through your podcast platform and not on social media. Some people have been following me on Instagram or Facebook, and that's how they learned about the podcast. But for those of you who learned about my podcast first, please feel free to follow me on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm Dr. Delvina. The doctor is abbreviated as dr and there's no period, so it's D-R, Delvina, which is spelled D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A. And let's see, I have a website. I mentioned before that the website was under construction, but the website is up and good to go. It is Dr. Delvina Help. So again, the D-R is abbreviated, D-R, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A, help, H-E-L-P, as in Papa, dot com, drdelvinahelp.com. So please go to my website, take a look, peruse the site, and see what's going on there. And uh, I'm also, let's see, where else am I? I'm in SoundCloud as well, but I'm not as active on SoundCloud as I am with my um, with my podcast. You know, this podcast has been up since May 2020 during the pandemic, 
And um, I just love talking about the brain and helping to educate people about their mental health and wellness. So please spread the word, tell a neighbor, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a loved one, tell a significant other, tell your ex. If there's something I've t- I touched on that really that you identify with and you want to share it with someone, share it, please. All right, we're back from our break. I was giving you guys a little bit of a history and while we um, situated Sela because we were having a little bit of technical difficulties, which can happen with these podcasts and it's all good. Sela, are you there? I'm here. Yay. So I was just telling the audience that um, you play the djembe. What is the other drum that you play? The other drum that I play is called the the dunes. The dunes is a set of three drums, actually, and it is the family of dune drums. There is a big drum, which is the dune, which is the biggest drum, and we call that kind of like the papa drum. And then there is a medium-sized drum, which is called the songban. And then there is the smallest drum, which we say is the baby, which we call the kinkane. And each of them has a particular sound and all three are played together. But in some uh, traditional settings, each person will have just one of those drums and play it. Whereas we play it ballet style with standing up and playing all three at the same time. Wow. So, you know, that djembe and that dune, I'm reading that those two are usually played by men. There's a lot of um, discussion and um, uh, about the roles of drumming in terms of men and women. And I would have to say in many uh, ethnic groups in Africa, you have to keep in mind there's like, over 3,000 different ethnic groups in Africa. And in each of those places, the way that drums are treated is different. I would mm-hmm. say because of the work involved in the making of a drum, the skinning of the goats, um, the, the intensive labor involved, it was mostly men involved in that initially. But they do say that the djembe was actually created so that a woman could easily play it and the shape of it would fit where she could wrap her legs at the base of it and and play. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, probably if I were to look at other uh, instruments and more Western instruments, countries, if I look at the origin of those musicians, I probably would see mostly men. But I would say with time and the accessibility of the instrument, a lot of those things have changed. But in some villages in Africa, not only was it not just men or women, your family had to be a family that was designated to be the drummers and the storytellers. Um, 
And the storytellers are called griots. The griots, some people, the children laugh when we go to school and they think we're talking about the food griot. But mm-hmm. we go, no, the griot is the person who holds the history of the village, knows the lineage, the descendants of all the children, all the families. And they use music and dance to tell the stories of the lineage, of the history. They hold the history. So with that being said, there will only be certain families designated to do this. In some villages, there's only like one or two drums. But with mass production, more people making drums, as you can see in this country now, because the djembe is more accessible, more available, there are more people playing it. And, and just a fun fact about the djembe, the way that the djembe is structured, there's an, a roping system which ties the skin onto the shell of the drum. That roping system was actually developed by African-Americans here in this country. So there's been a lot of cultural exchange going back and forth about the instrument and the playing of it. Um, wow. Yes, I was amazed when I found that out. There's a group of men who come from the Carolina area. Um, turns out that they have a lot of history there. There's a place there, the Gullah Islands. People have heard about those islands there which had some of the original people that were brought from Africa who have maintained the cultures there throughout all these years. You said and, in North Carolina. And North, um, it's just, no, South Carolina, South Carolina, the Gullah Islands. Yeah, and yeah. Geet, I think beautiful Geechees. Movie. Geechees, I, Geechee, I yes. Daughters, a, of, Daughters yeah. of the Dust. If you haven't seen that movie, please see that movie, which talks about that culture. And there was another uh, Netflix uh, show called about uh, African-American food in this country called, I think it was called High on the Hog. And oh, yeah. It talks I love about that. The Gullah people. Yes. The, I loved how they mix food and culture and history. Um, so, yeah, there was a time and there's still a lot of disagreements. We started playing drums not because we were trying to compete with men or wanting to be men, we began to play drums because we wanted to keep the music. Mm-hmm. And we found that sometimes when we didn't have the the rhythms, you, you can't do the dance if you don't have the music for the dance. So our drumming just came out of our desire to to dance and to have the proper rhythm to accompany uh, the dance so that when we didn't have the funds to Hey, you know, someone who was a professional, you know, because uh, there are people who make a living from drumming and dancing and they follow the festivals and do workshops. And this is how they make their living. And we respect that. So sometimes when we're doing a community class, you have just people from the community. You have just everyday people just come and they learn the rhythms and we play together. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. So we know there's a lot of benefits um, in drumming. Before I list them based on what I've been reading, can you tell us personally for you, how has drumming saved you mentally or how has it helped you mentally? I know you mentioned in the beginning that you had some postpartum depression after the birth of your daughter. 
Yes, I did. And the birth of my daughter also coincided with being separated uh, from from her father. And mm-hmm. so I was going through, you know, it's so funny. I remember when I was living in New York and I would see these ladies on the subway train uh, taking their children to the daycare before they have to get back on the train and, and go to work. And I would feel so sorry for them. And I would go, oh, look at those poor single mothers. They're by themselves and they have to go take these children. And then they have to, and, you know, fast forward is I became one of those people. (laughs) And Mm. I now have such love and admiration when I see this because I know what it takes to get up at five to make sure you get your children dressed, to get on the train by seven, to get into the daycare by eight, to be to work by nine. And, uh, that can take a toll on your spirit. And so I now understand the need for a positive connection uh, that realigns you with yourself. And when I went there that day to that class, I was very depressed, yes. And I have to say that I don't believe I've ever spent a day being depressed since I started doing African dance and drum. And it's not because life became perfect. It does help build resilience. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just submitting yourself to learn something allows you to humble yourself to the understanding that you don't know this. And sometimes we can feel like Ah, we've done everything, and ah, what's the big deal about this? It's a lot of cynicism, you know, and I just haven't felt cynical since then. And to be able to go to a space where I could bring my children to, it allowed me to socialize, and I was not going to the club or going out like that or doing anything like that. I went to work, I took care of my children, and, you know, I went to dance class. And they were able to come, and I would bring their, we would all kind of make a space for the children so they could have their, you know, draw or play. And they're socializing with each other. And we just instruct Mm -hmm. them not to run between us while we're going across the floor. And it was a great positive way to experience community as a single mother, because there were other single, there was other, you know, single moms there. And um, it gave us a positive uh, and creative way to get in in touch with culture and to exercise. And exercising does, you know, uh, release dopamines, you know, makes you feel. uh, And we always used to go Monday night. I used to go to dance class on Monday nights. And that would be great because it would be at the beginning of the week. And so go to church on Sunday and African dance on Monday hey, we're ready for the week, ready ready to deal with these children, ready to be taking care of ourselves, feel more stamina. Uh, uh, I got rid of that baby weight, went away, never never had a problem again about any weight or anything. (laughs) Didn't think about it. I wasn't on a diet. I never was on a diet. It naturally, it, it, it set into motion just a desire to, live more holistically mm-hmm. and the people I know who do African dance and drum for instance when the pandemic started we all got together and compared notes on 
what we could do to help uh, protect ourselves and build our immune systems. And we knew we couldn't dance inside, so we started an outside class and started meeting outside to dance because we didn't want to stop. Very nice. Yeah, I remember, guys, I said Jimbe comes from a saying. I didn't want to try to pronounce the saying, but I'll try it now. Enke je anke be which translates to everyone gathered together in peace. And what you just heard Selah describing is um, how when her children were young and growing up, that did not impede her from doing her drumming classing and her dance class. She would take the children and they too were involved in the activity of the drumming or just being in the community of the others who were drumming and dancing and just being in that high positive energy environment. We know that studies have shown us that djembe has certain health benefits, including what she said, building their immune system. There's been a study that shows drumming boosts T-cells. Drumming actually boosts T-cells, which helps our immune system. Um, From the activity of it, it can help cardiovascular health, heart health, which um, is all of us could use that, right? So we shouldn't wait until we're sick or have a problem. We should try to prevent these things by keeping ourselves healthy and it reduces stress and anxiety as well. Um, It's just, you know, uh, Selah, I am so intrigued and interested in one day, I'm I'm so busy in my life, but I would love to take a class or even go to an African dance class and see, um, you know, how I can unlearn some stuff and and learn new ways to to move my hips and (laughs) move my body to some African (laughs) I say it's in us. I, 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 the more I do this, I'm, I'm convinced because we do a fun thing where we take some, uh, uh, you know, more contemporary dances, like you know, social dances that that the kids and stuff might do, and show them the African roots of it. And mm-hmm. it's really just to illustrate this is already in us. So it's not even that we're learning; it's that we're unlocking it. Because yeah, yeah. I really believe um, when we see the roots of, we see dances like the Charleston. <laughs> when, we, when, mm-hmm. we, when we when we catch ourselves doing it, we laugh because we go, oh, snap, I think this came. And we laugh because we go, oh, look, look, we just got another connection. Um, I also have to talk about the fact that I've been asthmatic most of my life. And I have found that I didn't want to rely on, um, you know, I have my trusty inhaler when I needed it, but every time I would dance, it would always open up my lungs. Mm. And if anyone is suffering with any kind of upper respiratory illness, I must tell you, start moving. And I further uh, went deeper into this and beginning of 2021 when one of the people who I would do African dance with told me that they had just got certified to be in yoga. And I was like, eh, I would go to yoga once in a while on the beach, you know, cause they always had it all these years, every Sunday at eight o'clock. Sometimes I would make it, but I decided during the pandemic that I should really try to breathe and get into those practices along with the African dance, because I just wanted to make sure I could, I could withstand it if I got sick. And so I did yoga every day for a year, 2021. 
and then began to incorporate it as a warm-up before we would do African dance. And I find that all these modalities live very well together. It all works together. And I really begin to see we have only begun to dig into the science of our our body-mind-soul connection, and definitely all these things work together uh, to, to make us stronger and more healthy. So I am a Absolutely. devout believer. Move, even if it's just a walk. Even, even if it's just, uh, you know, I, my children would get mad because I parked my car so far away from the store. Because I'm trying to get a little walk in. <laughs> I'm trying to get my steps in. I know that's right. (laughs) Yes, Um, I love it. And and then these jobs in my other job, you know, I sit in front of the computer most of the day and began to see that I had the same thing starting to develop that my sister did, who's a trucker, because she sits all day and drives. And Uh. so I was like, wow, when I, I heard people joke, you know, sitting is the new smoking. But there is some some truth to that. And I would just say to anybody, everybody, just get up, go take a walk. I, I would have to walk my dog. You know, my sister had her dog here for a while, and my son had, had his dog here for a while. And I look forward to my walks to walk the dog because, oh, my gosh, I walked a quarter of a mile, you know. So, so bringing together that the gym base signifies is – something that is powerful when you do it. And these are your neighbors. These aren't artists or celebrities. They're everyday people just getting together. And that's what I love about it. It's just us. It really is us. It really is community. And sometimes when we do the drum and dance at the end, someone might talk about something going on in their life or we might be able to help them. Someone might say, hey, I got a car that I need to sell. Like it becomes like kind of like, you know, I joke and call it church announcements, but um, <laughs> we don't we don't just dance and drum to run away from each other. We kind of fellowship. It's a fellowshipping on the, on the dance floor and with the drums and and with the dance. So you have talked it up. Tell people: Are you teaching the class? Are you still coming together, congregating, and um, and partaking in these classes together? Can people go and participate and join you? Yes, and there's also many people in the community who are doing regular classes and would love to have some support from the community. We, myself, my group meets every Wednesday at the Old Dillard Foundation uh, up here in the Cistrunk area in Fort Lauderdale. There is a Sunday class down in Miami at the Little Haiti Cultural Complex at 3 o'clock, and they usually have a dance, a drum class at two o'clock and that group is Delu Africa. Um and at the Sadkin Center in Fort Lauderdale and Lauder Hill, there is my friend does an African dance class. I think she does it every other Friday. I think the other Fridays are Soka, Soka and Soka Aerobics. Um so there's people doing stuff in the community. I think they just need people come visit them. And she also does an outside class at Southside Cultural Arts uh, over here in Las Olas every Saturday at 9.30 outside. I go and drum. When I, when I can, I go drum for the classes where people are teaching so that they have music. So do me a favor, please, and um, 
when you send the other information, include, if you don't mind, the locations and the classes that are available so I can put it um, into verbiage for the show um, so people know where to go and can participate. And I can Google the names of um, these classes or the places and get the exact links and all that stuff. You don't have to give it to me in detail, but if you could just um, send it to me by email or text it to me so I can include it in tonight's show description, that would be great. That's that's really wonderful. Um, I think that I think I just think that enough people just don't know about that these things are actually going on, and unfortunately, um, uh, sometimes it's just easy to get caught up in everyday stuff because most of us like we don't do this exclusively. You know, my one friend is a social worker. I work in IT. <laughs> Other people are students, so. It would be great uh, for us to consolidate a lot of this information and so that people could have it. And there's a really beautiful show I just went to that is done by one of the people that used to be in Third World, uh, Willie, Willie Stork. He does this amazing program called Rhythms of Africa, where he goes to schools and works with uh, youth to in six weeks and teaches them how to do some uh, drumming, including Af my friend, she teaches the African piece to the children and they come together along with, you know, like I think um, one of the Marley's, I forget, Julian Marley was there uh, performing in this, this one. And last year it was Marcia Griffiths. So to have these people of this caliber, celebrities come together with school children around music and drumming uh, and they do pieces from around the world. They visit drumming from uh, Brazil to Africa, uh, South America, uh, reggae, you know, because every culture has a drum. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, well, thank you so much for sharing all of this information, all of these gems and jewels with us so that we can learn more about taking care of ourselves. Um, you know, it's it's really about there's so many pieces and components that you mentioned earlier. Um, it's the music. It's the camaraderie. It's the community. It's the gathering. Mm. It's the love. It's all of these things that we're depositing into one another and sharing this space together um, and just and just building a community. Rhythm is within all of us. Like you heard Selah say, it's in us. From the way our heart beats to how we walk, mm -hmm. how we talk, even when we sleep, rhythm plays a big part in our daily lives. And I'm so glad that we can exploit the rhythm and take it into other places and spaces and learn these things like the drumming and the African dance. And I would encourage everyone listening tonight to try this, maybe try to find a class. Some people listen who are over in Africa. So I know you guys got classes over there, but I also have listeners in California and New York and Maryland. And so you guys can find a class. I know you can. Rhythm. And can I will help. also send some information for some online resources because during the pandemic, many people had to go to online to teach classes. And mm. many of them have continued the online classes, uh, even though they still have in-person classes. So I will make sure I get some of those links over to you also, because I please. myself, I'm taking a lot of those classes. Yes, please do. Yes, yes, yes. And you'll see me with my djembe 
at one of these classes on Las on Las Olas or in Cistronk. Um, I'm I'm dra- dragging your son with me so we can record and video and just show people this is an audio podcast tonight. But we gotta also do a visual so we can post this on my YouTube channel and people can see. Uh, you know, you can teach an old dog new tricks. I'm an old dog. I'm gonna learn some new tricks. I can get this drumming and this rhythm stuff down. I want to put them together, merge them. <laughs> hey, like what you say, if you can walk, you can dance, and if you can hum, you can play the drum. <laughs> hey, I'm with it. I'm with it. So, guys, thank you so much for being on the couch with Sela and me talking about drumming and the benefits of how drumming can help us in our mental health and wellness. Um, just as a reminder, drumming can help us to live healthier, as well as the other things that you heard Selah mention, the dancing and the camaraderie and the gathering in the community. So drumming can help accelerate our physical healing, boost our immune system and reduce our stress and anxiety. And we all need a little bit of that, don't we, Selah? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We're too blessed to be stressed. And if we keep moving and keep grooving, we add a lot of beauty to our lives. Yes, 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 yes. Say brain love, Selah. Thank you so much for inviting me today. And you got to say brain love now before you go. Say brain love. Oh, oh, brain brain love. <laughs> Yay. I would tell you to beat on the drum too, but you, you know, I know you're not ready for that yet. <laughs> Is the drum right there? No, but. Huh? Is the drum next to you? <laughs> Let me see. Is it? Hold on. You probably, way too you probably sleep with it. I don't it. have my book. I have my baby. I have my, <laughs> it, it's never too far away. Oh, okay. Yes, it's actually right here. Okay. Play a, play a quick beat. Let's see if we can hear it. Go ahead. Okay. Hold on. I love it. I was dancing in my chair. Thank you. You're that was a boost of my dopamine right there. That just just made my dopamine my dopamine. I said dopamine. My dopamine go up through the roof. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thanks for being on the couch with us. Brain love. <laughs> It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need It's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes. Learn from them and move on. 
Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love.